All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a Thursday, March 16th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. I'm Tyler Rumjack. He is our NHL analyst, Mike McKenna, and it is very fitting that we have you on the show today. Also, Mike, great t-shirt. I'm loving that. Slammer. He's a local hero. <laughs> a local wrestling legend out of Farmington, Missouri down here. And boy, we had some fireworks on the ice last night, didn't we, Tyler? Yeah, we got a goalie on the show here in Mike McKenna, and we had some goaltending fireworks last night. The wrestling t-shirt ties it in a little bit as well. Things are lining up, so let's jump into it. Two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock as we get going, and let's talk about Jordan Bennington versus Marc-Andre Fleury. The fight that never happened, that we wish did happen. Jordan Bennington gives up a goal. Ryan Hartman bumps into him. And then all hell breaks loose, although it was Jordan Bennington who released that hell as he goes after Hartman, throws a blocker. You'll have a hearing for it today as well with the Department of Player Safety. Marc-Andre Fleury takes exception, comes down. The linesmen don't want them going at it. Keep them separated. Jordan Bennington then proceeds to fire up the crowd for some reason. You're going to get a look at it here on the screen. And as you do, Mike, take us through this play and kind of what you saw from Bennington as a goalie. Well, I think Bennington is just frustrated, man. Like the Blues are up three to one with five minutes left, five minutes into the second period. And two minutes later, they're losing four to three. And the Hartman goal makes it five to three. So four goals in five minutes. And I think Bennington was just mad dude and it's been a long season and we've seen this before and when ben, when hartman clipped him he just his wires crossed and he's gonna get suspended i think uh, the league does not like thrown blockers that's you're basically using a weapon in their eyes so i think you'll get a yeah. game or two for this but you know mark andre just talked about this week how he didn't want to fight because it's not the time of the year he broke a knuckle in junior 
here he comes tearing down the ice because Benner's going bananas at the other end. And it was Ric Flair night in St. Louis. Woo! You know what I mean? Like, it was perfect timing for all this. Um, but Minnesota ends up winning 8-5. to five. Bennington gets tossed. Henrik Lundqvist says on TNT afterwards how I wanted to hide behind a rock after allowing five goals, not pump up the crowd like Benner. He did. He was pumping up the crowd. Yeah, It was just a wild affair, dude. Um, it was kind of classic Benner. Um but I think Mark Andre had just seen enough. Like I think I think Flower was actually like, dude, calm down, man. Enough of this. It's time to go. And then I, the linesman didn't let it happen. Gosh, it would have been. Oh. This is how we stop hockey from being big, isn't it? Yeah, it would have been uh, something if Jordan Bennington would have finally gotten into a fight. Both goalies were given a minor for leaving the crease, and Bennington was actually given a uh, match penalty as well for the blocker on Ryan Hartman that started the entire thing. So we'll hear more from the Department of Player Safety likely at some point today. Mike, as as a goalie yourself, what was the closest you ever came to dropping the mitts, or do you have a scrap, actually? Uh, yeah, I had a fight my first year in Vegas um, against Tom Lawson. It was like two polar bears dancing, and then we fell. And I kind of had a tilt in St. John's later in my career against Charles Houdon. Uh, I, I threw a glove, not a blocker, because my right hand. So um, I kind of did, but here it is. Look at this. Whammy. <laughs> That's as close as I came later in my career. Um, I wasn't pleased with Charles. And thing is, though, he didn't stick anybody in the nutsack. Fleury said afterwards that, some, that Bennington stuck a teammate, a Minnesota Wild teammate, in the nutsack. This direct quote. You can't stick people in the nutsack. So Fleury was defending the no. dignity of not only his team, but also the state of Minnesota. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Yeah, there were some fireworks last night. We're going to talk a little bit more about fighting in just a second, but let's stay on the track of the results and what we saw on the ice last night. In that game, Jacob Verana popped home another two goals, four goals in five games now with the St. Louis Blues, as you can see here. Even though it was a losing effort, Verana stands out on the stat sheet as he has since joining the team. Man, they got this guy for nothing, and they got this guy 50% retained as well. It was a tough year for him in Detroit. We all know about him stopping stopping in at the player assistance program and all of that. But when this guy's been in the lineup over the course of his NHL career, as you can see here, he is productive. This is looking already like a fantastic move by Doug Armstrong. Yeah, as long as Rana stays healthy, happy in the lineup and motivated – I mean, I saw it firsthand. He started in Hershey Bears of the American League. He ripped me apart there and then went to the NHL. And the last NHL game I ever played on January 8th of 2019, guess who scored two goals? Jacob Vrana. Um, and he scored one of them in a really similar manner to last night on the power play. He just skated through everybody and went right around Fleury and stuck it under the bar. He can skate. He can shoot the puck in stride. Um, and I think he's a pretty heady player. I, he can he can man a power play as well. And five on five, he's been playing with what I call the expendable line for the Blues. You've got Vrana, Pavel Bucinevich, who came over from the New York Rangers, and Kasperi Kapanen, who showed up from the Pittsburgh Penguins earlier this year. Pretty good five on five, but Vrana's got three goals uh, on the power play. And Tyler, he scored two last night wearing a full bubble. He took a skate to the face in the morning skate, dude. Like in morning skate, he took a skate to the face and had to put a bubble on, still came through scoring two goals for the Blues. Unreal. And he is not the only guy 
who was acquired at the deadline, who's making an immediate impact, albeit similar situation, not for a playoff team, but Rasmus Sandin in Washington. I mean, the numbers are just off the charts. The defenseman has nine points in six games with the Washington Capitals, seven of those points coming at even strength. He's been over 20 minutes in terms of time on ice mm -hmm. in every game. He's been over 25 minutes in four of the six. He even hit the 29-minute mark in a game against the New Jersey Devils. This deal is already looking, and again, it was one in the moment that was criticized a little bit because Sandine was looking like the odd man out in Toronto. Washington gave up a first-round pick for him, but he's got a year on that deal. It's dirt cheap, and for a team that desperately needed defensemen with control, man, this looks like a just grand slam home run for Brian McClellan. Yeah, I like this deal. And of course, it's short period here. Like we've seen nine yep. games and last night he was dash three against Buffalo. So that wasn't his best game, um, but he's playing a ton of minutes. And what I really like is how well he's exiting the zone uh, with the puck on his play. You're able to see him skate and he's he's played top two minutes with John Carlson out. Uh, expect him to go down to the second pairing, probably with Nate Jensen next year, I would expect. So or Nick Jensen. So um, keep an eye on Sandine because I like that deal in the first place. And, and like you say, it could pan out really well for the Capitals if he continues to go on this rise. Yeah, one more year, 1.4 million looks pretty, pretty good. Uh, let's circle back to fighting and kind of the state of fighting in the game of hockey. The QMJHL, which has always been the junior league in Canada, who's taken the hardest stance on fighting. They came out a handful of years ago and initiated some more severe penalties. And now in a report from the Hockey News, a spokesperson told them the QMJHL is planning a rule in place that will ban fighting, making it black and white that it is no longer a part of our game. They added the punishments have not been decided yet. Will it be a one-game suspension? Will it be a three-game suspension? Nobody knows quite yet how far they'll go, but it will be a, this is no longer allowed. This is no longer just a penalty. Mike, what are your thoughts on this? As, as the sport kind of continues to move away, there's a part of me that goes, this is almost unnecessary because fighting's kind of just pushing itself out the door. It's going away as the game sort of speeds up. Do you like the league step coming in and taking a firm stance themselves, or do you wish they'd kind of leave that door open for, for fighting to still exist? I think there should be no fighting in junior at all, Tyler. Like, I, I actually think that this is the right step. And the reason being is because you've got players that are between 16 and 20 years old. You have minors on the ice. And I understand that fighting's down. In the Quebec League in 2011-12, there were 0.78 fights per game. Okay, so a little bit less than one per game. Now it's down to less than one out of every 10 games in the Quebec League has a fight. And part of that's because they've put in... Um, you know, rules that you had a five-minute major and a 10-minute misconduct. But even in the NHL, yeah, fighting's down. Fighting was at half a, half a fight a game or so in 2011-12. Now you're down to like every four games there's a fight in the NHL. But I don't think that it's necessary, okay? Like, you don't need fighting in the Olympics to like it. There's no fighting in NCAA hockey. And two of the toughest guys in the NHL in the last decade, George Peros and Kevin Westgarth, they went to Princeton. It came from college hockey. So that argument that you got to learn how to fight before you get to the NHL, Brady Kachuk's throwing that out the window right now as well. So for me, I don't want to see minors feeling like they are compelled to fight, to bare knuckle fight, to take you know fists off the forehead uh, and risk their health. You want to let the NHL guys and the pro guys do it. They're adults. They can make those decisions. Um, I'm fine with that. I love fighting in the passionate heat of the moment. I hate staged fighting. So I'd like to see it gone from all junior hockey, Tyler. And I'll stick to it. I got a piece coming out later today on Daily Faceoff saying as much. Yeah, and I love that point you made. Like the one counter argument 
could have been, oh, well, you got to get these guys ready because they might have to fight at the next level. And I just, I don't buy that at all. And you mentioned junior aged kids, Mike, 16 to 20 years old. I mean, you can think back to when you were that age playing hockey, the difference in the physical maturity of a 16 year old and a 20 year old, that right there alone is enough to turn me off from it completely. I don't want to see it glorified in junior hockey or anything like that. So I agree with you. I do like this step from the QMJHL. And as far as the NHL goes, I'm with you as well. And something they're talking about at the GM meetings is the idea of having to fight after clean hits. Is there something the league can do to curb that? And I don't view that as too much of a problem, but it just goes along the lines, Mike. As the game gets faster, as the players coming through the pipelines, whether it's junior, college, whatever, are more focused on skating and skill and those elements of the game, I just think we're going to keep seeing fighting get dwindled down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. And I, I I, just think it needs to be legislated at the younger levels because you're so easily compelled, right? Like you feel like you got to yeah. get on the storeboard and do something. You're 16 years old. You shouldn't be fighting a 20-year-old man. That just shouldn't happen, man. And that's the way it used to be. And I never liked it. Um, it was a rite of passage. But thankfully, I think the Quebec League's taking the right steps here. Yeah, we threw up a poll on the Daily Faceoff YouTube chat. 82% of you said fighting should still be in hockey. And and I think that'll be the take kind of right across the board. But as Wise Kyle says, junior hockey, no fighting. But NHL and AHL, yeah, go ahead and fight. And I think that's right. Leave it for the guys who are getting a paycheck. I don't want some 16-year-old sitting in math class the next day and a kid who has, what, a 2% chance of ever playing an NHL game sitting in math class because he took a bunch of punches to the head last night from a 20-year-old. It's just... It doesn't leave me with a good feeling. Uh, let's circle yeah, you back. You can't do to, that on the street. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's assault, brother. Uh, let's, it's... <laughs> <laughs> that, like, honestly, though, like, we're laughing, but that is, is a great point. Like, a 20-year-old cannot it's go assault. punch a 16-year-old in any situation in life other than in hockey. No. You can go punch Charles Hoot on all you want, though. What a rat. He deserved it. I'll hold to it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's go back to t- the NHL and take a look at tonight, Mike, and a handful of very, very juicy matchups. Out east, you have the Penguins taking on the Rangers. Pittsburgh starting to play some pretty good hockey. The Lightning going toe-to-toe with a Devils team that's trying to eye up the top spot in the division. The Bruins looking for a rare bounce back against the Jets. Stars and Oilers, two teams in the Western Conference with high hopes, but those are not the biggest games in your opinion, Mike. Take us through what intrigues you so much about Vegas and Calgary. Well, a couple of things. I mean, Vegas just went through an incredibly grueling road trip. It's one of the worst I'd ever seen from a scheduling standpoint. And they came out smelling like lavender and lilacs, dude. Like they went seven and one on this road trip. And even though they're five on five metrics, they weren't great. They still found ways to win. The power play has been a little resurgent lately for that club. I'm curious if they can bounce back just two nights later. They played Tuesday in Philly, tonight being Thursday. If they can beat Calgary tonight coming off of that trip. Uh, And then from Calgary's standpoint, like they keep losing to bad teams, but playing well against good teams. You know, they've lost to Anaheim and Arizona in the past week. And Calgary's never won in Vegas. They've never won at T-Mobile. Look at this. 07 and 1. They can't score there. They allow a lot of goals. Um, and here's the thing: Calgary, they're still hanging on to hopes that they could potentially make a push in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't know, man. If they don't win this type of game, how are you gonna do that? They're a point behind the Preds. Preds have played 65, Calgary 68. They're five points behind the Jets for that second wild card slot. Calgary's got to make hay. And in this building against Vegas, if they pull it off, maybe it's a catalyst, but it's going to be a tough call. You got your eyes on any game tonight, Tyler? 
for me, it's more of a situation, like a run of games here. Winnipeg is playing Boston, and you know Boston is going to be pissed off and trying not to lose a third straight game. They dropped one to Chicago. They will be hungry. Well, Nashville has the, I'll use air quotes, layup game against the Blackhawks. Even though they just beat Boston, if you're Nashville, you got to be licking your chops tonight. Because again, Calgary in tough in Vegas. Winnipeg in tough against Boston. If you're Nashville, there's a very real chance that by the end of tonight, you inch even closer to the Winnipeg Jets. And we have this one point sorted by points percentage. And the Preds are right there. They're four points back of Winnipeg. They have three games in hand. By the end of tonight, you could be just two games back of the Jets with Three games in hand still. That is an, tonight is an unbelievable opportunity for UC Saros and the Nashville Predators to get like legitimately in the hunt. Not just chasing, they'd be in control at that point. Tommy Novak, baby. Tommy Novak. Some of those young players are playing pretty well for the Preds. Maybe they needed to trim a little fat and see what happens there. I'm curious. It's really interesting to see just the kind of bump you can get when you do that, right? You sell off Ekholm. I Granted, they got Tyson Berry in that deal, and he's looked good. But you sell off those pieces up front with Janot and Granlund and Niederreiter. And yeah, you're right, guys like Tommy Novak, other young players, just grabbing the bull by the horns and running with this thing. It's been an unbelievable run over the last little bit here in Nashville, a team that is 7-2-1 in their last 10. Currently on a three-game heater, one of the many big games around the NHL tonight. On the opposite side of the spectrum is, well, all the teams battling for last place. We're going to dig into that a little bit here with the number crunch and our friend Cam Sharon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Cam Sharon stopping along for the number crunch as he does every Thursday on Daily Faceoff Live. Always a pleasure to welcome you into the show, Cam. And we're going to pick your brain a little bit about Connor Bedard and the race for last in the NHL. He's pretty much locked in. Everyone knows it's the Bedard lottery coming up on, on uh, May 8th. He scored his 62nd and 63rd goals of the season last night in the WHL. Just incredible numbers, stuff we've really never seen in that league. What kind of impact can a player like that have on one of these rebuilding teams? Is he going to be worth the pain some of these organizations are going through? 
Well, yes, and I kind of want to qualify your last remark with he had that we have seen players like this in the WHL, just not really since the 80s. Like his goals per game as a draft eligible is similar to that of Joe Stacking. And I was with the Toronto Maple Leafs when we got Austin Matthews. And the the year leading up to Matthews, like we were a we were a better team uh, than than we were in 2015 uh, when we uh, that was the McDavid uh, year where everyone kind of you know uh, Edmonton and Buffalo especially in Arizona kind of fell apart and took their teams uh, down to the seams. Um, and we'd, we'd, uh, we actually improved a little bit uh, to get Matthews. And, but the difference that that made, uh, getting that NHL-ready centerman to come in on a third line, uh, so he was protected in the lineup by Tyler Bozak and Nazem Kadri, that allowed him to really kind of cook. So I like the idea of Bedard being able to go on a, onto a team that kind of has some established NHL talent already. I would prefer that for him. But I think no matter where he goes, he's already going to be a star. And if he can go onto a team that has uh, a couple of pieces up in the lineup for him, that can be a real difference maker. And you could you could see that become a team that would already make the playoffs. So I'm I'm immediately drawn to Columbus. And we're going to get into this uh, in a little bit. Uh, but just kind of that team that already that bought uh, last year that has some good pieces uh, that has some good prospects coming up and can surround uh, the lineup with them. Um, and yeah, just we saw him at the World Juniors. He really took the stage. Uh, he was the best player on that team by a mile as a as a U18 player. And you don't often see that. And you don't often see players dominate to this to this much. And he's a rare argument for uh, you know opening up the league to players 17 and younger like they do in Europe. He's uh, he's going to come in. He's going to legitimately be a number one star. The way everything's shaking up for him. Man, I can't imagine having to deal with 17-year-olds trying to navigate the U.S. healthcare system, much less 19 and 20 like I had to in the American League 21, dude. Like, that's asking a lot. But, I mean, he's gen- he's going to be generational, I think. So, like, what are these teams doing, like the Anaheims and, and the Arizonas of the world that are they're winning games? Like, how much are they hurting themselves? Are these hot streaks a sign that some of these clubs could actually be better next season than we may think? Well, yeah, and that's, uh, you know, here in Vancouver, where I live, that's the, the the real question about, is this Rick Tockett bump real? And we saw it last year uh, with when the team went on a bit of a run with Bruce Boudreau in the second half. They did the exact same thing this year, fired the coach midseason, brought in a new guy. But the, the, the Canucks are actually legitimately looking like a team that's deserved to win seven of ten games. This isn't just a goaltending bump. And it's it's causing a lot of chaos in Vancouver uh, because a lot of people do want the hometown boy, uh, you know, uh, to, to come and join this team, and they've completely played themselves out of lottery contention. And so that you know, there, there's there's a there's there's a problem that I have, and uh, this is a problem I have with the lottery format, with fans not really able to enjoy uh, games like this. And uh, and if we pull up the lottery odds from uh, from what they were in uh, in twenty nine or in twenty twenty uh, before they were changed, and uh, when they were last year, is you see just this this stark difference where it's where the the odds of the of the lowest team getting the number one pick are just astron you know astronomical compared to what they were in twenty twenty. And uh, if you look in the NBA, uh, their lottery format, it's the top four teams that uh, that get uh, that are awarded by that are determined by a lottery. So if you finish. 30th in the league, you're only guaranteed the fifth overall pick. And I think that uh, hockey took hockey took a different tack um, a couple of years ago. The, this was changed. Uh, 
there was a, a certain general manager, uh, to my understanding, who, uh, who didn't like that his team uh, didn't get a top pick and wanted that change. So there's a few safeguards in place. You can't have, you can't be the same team uh, winning the lottery multiple years in a row, etc. But I, I like, you know, now, now if you if you go from sixth to tenth, all of a sudden you basically see your you basically see your chance of getting the number one pick evaporate completely, and uh, that really makes finishing thirty second uh, more you know more important. So I, it's not necessarily uh, Vancouver, Anaheim, and Arizona really screwing up their chances, but San Jose scoring those two late goals against Columbus the other night really kind of pulled them out of that uh, the driver's seat for the for the thirty second overall spot. That's what really matters. I don't think that in the position that those other teams you mentioned will really change that much. The difference between six percent and five percent is you know that's completely negligible um, over you know a lottery that it happens exactly once. So. You know, we'll see what happens with those teams. See what happens with the lottery. Uh, I believe they set the date, and uh, I'll I'll be watching probably. Yeah, the lottery is going to be more intriguing than the actual NHL draft itself this year because we're all just waiting to see where Connor Bedard is going to end up. I want to pick your brain a little bit about one team in specific, the Arizona Coyotes. A home record of 18-11-3 this year. Their road record, well, let's just not talk about it. It's 17-21-8. But this team has actually had some stretches and some performances this year where they've looked like really damn good, Cam. Yeah, and this is uh, one of the teams I was kind of talking about that where if you if you landed, uh, if Bedard landed there, uh, you know, the way that they've kind of played themselves out of contention uh, wouldn't really work. But you just look at the pieces that this team has, and they probably have enough if they're able to spend, if they're able to actually have a budget and, and supplant the talent that they have, that th this could, this is a team that could probably make the playoffs uh, next year. And I'm looking specifically at... Uh, uh, the last 41 team games played, so half season, uh, so a, a, a pretty decent sample size. We're seeing Nick Schmaltz, Matthias McKelly, who's a really under-talked about rookie. I think he's a fantastic little playmaker. Uh, Clayton Keller and Lawson Krauss are all among the top 90, uh, 96 players in the NHL. Uh, so they're all first-line players in uh, in points per 60 minutes. I think that's pretty important when when looking forward, how they kind of have these 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 core key players under team control that you know can contribute offensively at this level that are right in their prime age. And if you supplant that with the right young talent, uh, they, like they, they, they have a lot of space to move. They have that Ottawa pick. Ottawa hasn't exactly been great since acquiring Jacob Trickern. That could be a, that could be a great pick for them. Uh, they have four second round picks in the, next year. Those could be fantastic trade assets. So if they kind of had that opening to spend, I don't hate this team's chances uh, looking next year. They kind of have a good little foundation going, even without Bedard. So that's going to be an interesting thing to follow. Uh, and, you know, I think the, the key problem is going to be uh, defense and depth. But those are things that are fixed through the draft through, uh, and through using those trade trips. And I think that if they can find another couple stud defensemen, uh, th those are hard to find, but they found one off waivers in Yusuf Alamaki, who's had a fantastic season for them. And we'll see what uh, uh, Michael Kesselring, who they picked up with uh, in the Edmonton trade, uh, if he, you know, if he's able to stick and become a good player for them. Yeah, Michael Kesselring was shooting the lights out in the American League for the Bakersfield Condors this year. Cam, this segment, you shot the lights out with your analysis. Thanks for giving us some time. We'll chat again next week. Yeah, see you guys.
Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO. Mike, we're going back to the ice. Last night, there was a lot going on that was just kind of weird and wacky. This Evgeny Kuznetsov shootout goal. Give me one word to describe this bad boy. Predictable. I got no other word, okay? The pre-scout. Take a gander at it if you're playing for the Sabres. All right, Lukanen. Like, Kuznetsov's done the same exact same move five times this year. He scored four times and he hit the post on the other. This is no surprise. It's no secret. It's time for the classic Hashik jam play. It's time to attack, Tyler. You can't be patient on this move anymore. It's not working. Why stay with it? Adapt. I want to see a goalie attack Kuznetsov next time. How about you? Yeah, my word was just classic because I'm with you. We're getting another look at one from earlier this year where he just slowly goes in and picks apart Freddie Anderson. And you're right. If you stay back and just sort of let him do his thing, he's going to find a hole on you somewhere. He's too talented. Yeah. I love your idea. Get out there. Just go skate at the guy or even try fake him out a little bit early on to see if you can throw him off, make him at least a little uncomfortable. But maybe that's the word going through Kuznetsov's head is comfortable because when he gets all the time in the world to walk in like this, he's probably just like, oh, man, there's no time limit. Yeah. I'll take I'll do whatever I can do. Yeah, scoop of vanilla. Here we go. Put another one on the board. No problem. Get get a come on. Get aggressive. I want to yeah, see it. Let's go. Uh, let's move along to Give our daily bets. Three straight, <laughs> yes, three straight profitable days. I'm on a nice little roll here, so we'll look to keep it going here tonight, uh, starting with that matchup between the Senators and the Avalanche. The Avs are favorites, but I don't think they're big enough favorites. They're playing really good right now. Three wins in a row, 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. The Senators, although they had a nice little heater, They've now lost three in a row, so I am getting aggressive, and I'm going with the Colorado Avalanche on the puck line. Plus 180 on the payout. Again, this team is finding their groove, and if it's Mad Sogard going for the Ottawa Senators, I'm also riding with the over in this one. Set at six and a half. Teams coming in on back-to-backs. Sogard's allowed at least four goals in four straight starts. Man, no Pavel Francouz as the backup option for Colorado either. I love taking over six and a half and the Avs on the puck line in this one. Um, yeah, it could be Keith Kincaid going for Colorado tonight. So Kincaid versus Sogard. Man, there's going to be a lot of offense in this hockey game. Avs minus one and a half and over six and a half for my shot prop parlay. Taylor Radish is a shot prop god, and the books aren't moving off that line of one and a half. Pair him with William Carlson, who's hit it in four of his last five and hasn't just gone over one and a half, has gone over three and a half in a couple of those games. Over one and a half for Radish, played with over one and a half for Carlson, pays out about plus 150. So those are my three bets for this evening. Two juicy plus money ones for everyone watching on the YouTube chat as well. And that brings us to garbage time, Mike McKenna. And I wanted to talk about a story that broke yesterday. Uh, as you know, I obviously covered the Oilers for Oilers Nation. Slater Cuckoo at the beginning of last season just kind of disappeared and no one really knew what was up with that. But he shared a statement yesterday on his LinkedIn and talked about how he left the game over a year ago 
and the reason why was his anxiety and he talked a lot and it's worth your time to go find it to kind of read the full breakdown of what he said but he talked about the anxiety based around his eating how he wasn't going out for dinners with his teammates because he was worried about being judged for not finishing his food on game days he would barely be able to eat and he couldn't take kind of the playful jabs as they were intended from teammates and ah you know the food's free Slater I I just really felt for him but I also wanted to applaud him a little bit for opening up and starting this kind of conversation because again Mike as people like you and I sit here and break down the games and talk about on ice performance and all that it's always good to get a bit of a reminder that you never know what a player could be going through behind the scenes you got to remember these guys are human beings as well and even though they get paid millions of dollars as I'm sure you saw over your time in professional locker rooms Man, money doesn't cure everything, right? There are guys going through some stuff. So I commend Cuckoo for opening up. Yeah, and he was an awesome teammate, man. Like we were on the same Syracuse Crunch team that went to the 2017 Calder Cup Finals in the American League. And I thought he was our best defenseman. Like he was awesome, dude. And, uh, you know, went to Tampa Bay, then on to Edmonton. And, you know, things that he said now, looking back later, kind of makes sense, you know? I mean, why he, uh, you know, didn't go to dinner often and things. And, and I always loved being around him. Um, but he just, it makes you happy to, to see that somebody now has found some peace of mind in what they're doing and you're not going through it anymore. You know, like it's not always easy to go through the grind of an NHL season. We see that we're better about player assistance now. Um, hard part is though, Tyler, you go in player assistance, people just assume the worst about everything. You know, like mm-hmm. he could have gone in for anxiety. Like he didn't go into player assistance, but if somebody goes into player yeah. assistance for anxiety, people think the guy's a cokehead or something, you know, and that's not always the yeah. case. You just never know. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy that Slater spoke out about this just to shed light that it's not always, you know, it's not always substance abuse to throw somebody out of the game mm-hmm. or something else, man. It can be a lot of different things. So kudos to him. He was a great teammate. Yeah, and uh, hopefully it's one of those things that can maybe give others some hope as well if they're going through some mental health issues. As Jeremiah says in the chat, big respect to Slater Cuckoo. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a Friday edition of the show. McKenna and Sarah Volley will be on that one. Until then, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and enjoy a spicy night of NHL hockey. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. 
And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.